Welcome into this special Sunday edition of On Texas Football. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined by Drew Kelson, lifetime Longhorn, has a national title ring, something I'm never going to have. I guarantee you that. Uh, Drew, you were at the game yesterday and wanted to get your just your general thoughts being there, um, taking in Texas, Kansas, what you saw before we get into specifically Texas offense, Texas defense, and then uh, Texas OU coming up this week. So what were your just your general thoughts being there? Wow, man. It's always great being back at DKR. Um, as a fan, I love the traditions that we have, just the things that 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 are that, that we can expect to have. But I'll tell you what, every time I come to DKR, we're doing something different. I mean, we're we're pumping in music after every down now. Uh, there's a lot of cool things and fun things that that just make the fan experience great. Uh, but being at the game and being able to see uh, just operationally that sideline, see the opposing team, see the size of the players, see uh, just how everything is running. And just, you, can, you can see it all uh, from a from a schematic standpoint. I'm able to see things when guys are getting doubled. Uh, that was a really, really, really great experience, especially at this part of the season. We've played five games. And I, I kind of got to see some things in a little more detail that that confirmed what I'm typically seeing on film, but also uh, just kept gave me some more perspective on some things behind the scenes that I really, really got a chance to to, to enjoy. And, and really last for me, because uh, being a former player, uh, it's hard not to literally live vicariously through these guys. Right. And so as a player who's I've been injured, I've, I've, I've been starting a new position before. I've been benched. I've been the special teams guy. I've been through all of that. And so uh, there's so many different players on the team. I'm getting a chance to watch them live that out, you know, kind of live. And that was really cool to uh, just see uh, some guys who are, I mean, Trey Wisner running down to, to make a tackle on. I mean, just the enthusiasm you get to see these guys have. Jelani McDonald is excited to do yeah. a kickoff return. And so those are the things you don't get to see at home that, um, you know, it really puts me back out there on the field. And I got to live through them. I lived with a lot of those guys yesterday. It was really fun. Yeah, Jerry Hamilton joined, joined by Drew Kelson, a special Sunday edition on Texas football. It's eight week. We'll get into Texas OU in a few minutes. Uh, but Drew, let's start with the offense. You said you had some takeaways, what the eyes of a former player saw being there at the game. What were some of your key takeaways offensively before I ask you about some, you know, Quinn's performance offensive line, which I think is coming along great. Uh, but what were some of your uh, the things you saw and noticed that your takeaways were offensively? Well, one thing I noticed is, first of all, Kansas came in prepared. Uh, everything that we had done to have success specifically in the red area, now that Sark has us all saying red area, uh, <laughs> uh Kansas came prepared. Uh, they were not going to let us get away with doing an, with, with the RPO in, in the red in the red zone anymore. It's just that they were not Good giving job. that up. Good job. Uh, but it was funny, uh, and this is just one play for example. Just being able to see um, uh, Adonai Mitchell. I mean, they had him schemed up to not give him the post, and we had we had a counter ready for that. He broke it out to the corner. They got it over to him. It was just crazy to be able to see that set up live, uh, but. The, the chess match yesterday, while I felt as though we were prepared for it and really could have gotten on them much sooner, um, I'm kind of glad it kind of delayed us a little bit. They delayed us a little bit on really taking off because I really got to see our team step up through some adversity, um, be under control through some adversity, and continue to come back out, make adjustments, and and take off with that game. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Drew, because here's the reality. 
Jalen Daniels doesn't play yesterday. Big 12 player of the year preseason. So I think a lot of people, when they realized that was going to happen before the game, said, oh, man, this, this might be an easier game for Texas. But to your point, I, I think that going into the game, we were all expecting a four-quarter game, even if Texas pulled away, right? So Texas facing that adversity, not just getting out to a 28-0 lead, right? That game, it, it was different, but it went similar to ways you thought it would with Daniels in there even though Texas well, it was more Texas leaving points on the field, right? But having to respond to that adversity, having to get into that third and fourth quarter, I thought was huge. Uh, Drew, Quinn Ewers, what have you seen from him? Um, you look at this with uh, safety eyes, linebacker eyes, right? Um, I call them safety eyes. Um, what have you seen from Quinn? Uh, you know, one of the things I, I, Rod and I talked about was with him being injured last year, part of the year, he really just got the starting of full season after the Alabama game. Mm -hmm. So he's literally just three games into his second season in reality, playing 15 games. What have you seen from him? What did you see yesterday? What have you seen from his growth headed in the OU? I sent a text message to someone this morning, uh, one of my buddies, um, and told him, I'm beginning to trust who we're going to see every week, not right. just on big games, not just on yeah. um, you know games that we have off seasons to prepare for like I'm excited about anticipating like being able to see him put weeks string weeks of success together and that's in spite of uh, the, the the interception was a that wasn't even a factor for me right, right. watching the game the, his execution throughout the game his progression in the pocket him moving up in the pocket and being able to pivot from moving up in the pocket with his eyes downfield to running and, and taking effective runs he has gotten scary uh, with, with his ability to climb pocket and pivot to running unexpectedly. Um, I, I don't know how teams are going to be able to prepare for when our offensive line is protecting the way they're protecting. Quinn really can 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 hurt teams. <laughs> he really can uh, because he throws those intermediate balls so well. Uh, our guys know how to sit down underneath that high coverage now, and Quinn just climbs in and he gets them the ball underneath, and he takes what they're giving them. It's just. It's I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to put that together week over week. And after what I've seen the last two weeks, I'm really starting to feel like he can he can do that for us. Hey, is he a guy that you've noticed kind of coach Irwin, Brian Irwin mentions, and I saw this in high school when how well he throws the ball in between the hash marks in the intermediate game. That seems to almost be his strength to me. I mean, where do you see his strengths as a passer? I mean, do you see that more? He's just he changes ball speeds well, right? He has really innate accuracy, middle of the field in the intermediate game. What kind of do you see those things or do you see things a little different with Quinn? Um, I feel like that intermediate game and intermediate for him is different for him than I think it is for other players because of his talent. Now, people can say the deep ball is OK. Let's say it's 40 yards or going 30 plus yards or going down the field. Right. But intermediate for Quinn. It's 25 yards deep. Yeah. But it's still 45 to 50 yards across the field because right. of what he can do from the opposite hash. That is where he's deadly because you can be a DB on the backside of a formation feeling as though my receiver sitting down. I'm still six yards off. Not many people can get that ball 40 yards across the field, right. even if it's a 17 yard route. Quinn does that routinely. He does it with different arm angles. And most of your game is played within that range anyway. And yeah. so we want him to excel in other things um, and we want to see deep balls more. But if he can, if he can make that his playground, uh, we have enough guys who can turn the ball up and, and score after after get 
after making a 17 yard catch. So uh, he just he has to keep distributing the way he's doing. Before we get to uh, Jonathan Brooks, who obviously is having a huge year, been one of the pleasant surprises, even though we talked about and expected it. And we're going to talk about the offensive line. I want to take a, take a second for a sponsor of today's show. That's Bird Dogs. Uh, I'm really happy about our sponsor, Bird Dogs. I'm wearing a Bird Dog shirt. I always I drink out of the Bird Dogs cup every morning with coffee and football. The clothing apparel company is a real winner in my book. The shorts are unbelievable. I wear them every day. I really like the soft fabric shorts and khaki pants. I, I just love the product Bird Dogs has. Uh, the pants look professional, but they feel a lot less stiff. Uh, they have they even have have cool fabric polos like the one I am wearing this morning, as I said. Go to birddogs.com forward slash on Texas. That's Bird Dogs. Uh, been a pleasant, pleasant surprise for me. I, I hadn't worn their stuff until a few months ago, but now I'm hooked on the shorts. That's for sure. Uh, Drew, Jonathan Brooks, Cedric Baxter, right? Okay. Cedric Baxter started the season first two games, and I think people have seen why. He's really he's advanced pass pro, great hands. That one-handed catch he made, then the run after the catch uh, yesterday was really impressive. He's getting his feet underneath him uh, as a running back. But Jonathan Brooks, obviously through Brooks's uh, through Baxter's injury, has taken over right now the running back position. Even though I think the one-two punch is is going to be really good the rest of the season. What have you seen from Jonathan Brooks? You were a guy that had to tackle all these guys. I didn't. I've talked about it. I've evaluated it. But you had to tackle these guys. What have you seen from Brooks that's impressed you yesterday and this season? So uh, I, I, I will say this, and I was on this train and didn't want to speak too loudly about it because <laughs> there were some things that, I mean, you have to battle things out. But I, I've been on the Jonathan Brooks train, and it's not so much. So, so stepping back. I think Sark on Thursday, I heard his interview and I just, it reminded me that I think Sark, I mean, his plan for this season to, was to play bully ball. Yes. Was to dominate the line of scrimmage and hammer teams. Baxter is the back that you want to do that with. He is the physically imposing back. And I'm sure that, I mean, from what I've seen from him as he's gotten healthier, he can pound you. Um, you, you may not bounce off. He may get you down, but you're going to have to work for it. And that's a long game. But what Brooks has been able to do, uh, which is just invaluable, is, is not just be physical and falling forward consistently. When you have that home run threat, that explosive run threat, it just any little crease can make the difference. And the difference I see that he's doing is once he does his little Cedric Benson jump step in that hole before he cuts, because every time I say it, I think it said B, um, it's it's like three or four guys. They have hands there. They're in position there, but he just slips them. He slips them in different ways. And so it's the way he's making guys miss after he gets beyond the line of scrimmage. And it looks improbable. I mean, we've seen other backs on our team have those same holes and they're not maximizing those runs the same way. Still great runs, still great blocking, still great backs. But Jonathan Brooks is maximizing these runs in ways that that just you can't unseat it right now. To your point, Drew, I, I, I've said before, without being in Sark's head, starting Cedric Baxter, one, smart in recruiting, right? Number one running back, comes from Orlando to Texas, comes in in the spring. That's good for recruiting, right? Kind of like Kelvin Banks starting last year. But I think there was a little chess involved in that, too. Cedric Baxter's really good receiver out of the backfield. He's proven he can take on the playbook. You start him, and you bring in Jonathan Brooks, and you take advantage of your depth. 
Okay, even if it's five plays into a possession early on when Cedric Baxter was the starter, Jonathan Brooks is coming off the bench as a second-team guy. That's still five plays the defensive line's already played. I think there was a little chess involved in this to start the season, to your point, playing bully ball. I think his Baxter has is really good out of the backfield, probably better than Brooks. Brooks is a more established, more experienced runner, a little more decisive. But to your point, I agree with you on the, on the bully ball. What if um, – what have you seen from Cedric Baxter? What do you like about Baxter? Because now we're starting to see more of him. Uh, the unfortunate injury against Rice when he was probably headed for a 100-yard game to start the season. But what have you seen from Baxter that you like moving forward? I like his vision uh, so far. Uh, that, that's the one thing that pops out. He's seeing things sooner than I typically see. And I think the way I grade him is different than I grade a Brooks or someone who's been more experienced. It's just right. initially he's a freshman. He's only been on campus a few months I, I love his vision. I do think I don't think people realize. And Jerry, you've made you've put this into context for all of us over the last several months. He's just getting started. Um, his speed, his foot speed, is not where it's going to be. His explosiveness is not where it's going to be. His center of gravity is not where it needs to be yet. He'll get all those things, but what he's bringing to the game—physical, downhill, hard—having him to deal with to start drives, and then having Brooks after you've kind of gotten on your heels a little bit yeah. to come in. And I mean, they're a great one, two punch. And and, the, and we've been able to see Brooks do this, what he's been able to do without a 100% Baxter. When Baxter can come in and pound you a bit, there really won't be any relief when you have those guys exchange one way or another. It's just a train that keeps coming. And when you're a defense, even if you're rotating people and you have some depth, um, you just that 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 that's going to be tough to to deal with week after week or down after down for for some teams. All right, um, I'm zero and zero. I've never won a game. Uh, you've played in a lot. Um, you don't get 661 offensive yards against a quality opponent unless your offensive line has a really good game. And, and, and before I get to that, this is one thing Bobby and I were talking about. <laughs> well, for Texas fans, Sark wants to. Ch- he wants to stretch the field vertically, horizontally. He wants the defensive coordinator to have to deal with all of it. Mm-hmm. So you're putting a lot on offensive line. So you are going to give up a couple of sacks in those scenarios, right? If you're going to stretch the field, longer developing routes, you're going to give up some sacks. So Texas fans, if they're expecting zero sacks, zero sacks, zero sacks, that's not the way Sark's going to is really operating his mm-hmm. offense. He knows his quarterback's going to get hit if you're going to stretch the field and you want these routes to develop. Um, that's just the nature of the game. But you don't go for 661 yards against Kansas, who was an improved defensive team, without your offensive line being really good. And you played with a guy, Casey Stuttered, who he wasn't the most talented guy. And DJ Campbell is extremely talented. But I, 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 I was telling Bobby, talking with Bobby and Rod yesterday, I said, there's something DJ Campbell's bringing to the offensive line that reminds me of Stuttered because he's – he, he's protecting his quarterback after a play. He wants to hit guys and knock them through the ground and make them eat all the rubber pellets every single play. And he's doing it on the interior of the offensive line. I mean, I think he's bringing something in this run game that Texas is needed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The, I absolutely. What's scary about DJ Campbell is, yes, stuttered mentality is one thing, but DJ Campbell physically yeah. is a different realm yes. than, than, than stutter. Yes. I, I, I love stutter. When I was a weak side linebacker, I had to butt heads with stutter every day. I mean, literally, like to the point where, like, dude, let's go fit this up right. Let's not hurt each other today right. because right. you, you got to go hard. But it's like, uh, I can't imagine doing that with a DJ Campbell who's 340. The guys that Georgia and Alabama has been playing with. Like, that, that's a different, that's a different guy coming downhill every play. Yeah. Um, so to be a nasty player, to want to be physical, to know that your strength, to be a big body to where if people want to avoid you, good luck. Right. But if they think they're going to run through you or by you, you just you don't that's he's not a guy you want to get hands on you. DJ Campbell is not a guy you want to get hands on. you. Do you see kind of what Sark and Flood are building in this program watching the Texas either live yesterday? These large humans. I think they start to take their toll mid, late, and third quarter, right? I mean, I think you start to see that against teams you're playing. You have success running early. You have really good players. But the more they lean on you, it's kind of what Georgia and Alabama have done for years, right? The more these big guys just lean on you, that doesn't mean they're playing perfect football or grading out 100%. It's not going to happen. But are you starting to see some of those recruiting returns with these guys, just how big they are and how teams do get worn down playing against them? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, yesterday, of course, we stayed at the end of the game. I'm waiting for the eyes. And one of my one of the fans next to me is like, oh, you know, Malik's in, Malik's in. I was like, well, you know, they're going to run the ball. <laughs> and I said, you're looking at Malik. I said, but we have a whole new offensive line out there. Like, these aren't the same starters. And we're, I'm kind of going through and taking inventory of the guys who are out there. I was like, dude, these are some bodies, man. These are some bodies out there. And then they proceed. Everybody in the stadium knows we're running the ball. Three plays in a row, Jaden Blue just pop, 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 you yeah. know, just because it just they lean on you. They're big, physical, just even the stalemates right. at the line of scrimmage weigh on you. I don't think pe- people see wins and losses and you see a displaced line of scrimmage. Regardless, it's that weight every down after down after down. And our opponents aren't practicing against guys like this. No. They just aren't. They can't prepare. So it's just a full game of it, mid-90s. It's just you can't you can't tolerate that. It's it's tough, man. What did you see from the Texas defense uh, transitioning here? Um, what did you see from the Texas defense? Uh, obviously, nobody plays perfect games. What did you see yesterday through those eyes? You know, it's funny because I went back and watched it, <laughs> watched the game this morning, and what I saw after watching the game was a little different than in the stadium. On one hand, I felt like we weren't getting as much push on the D line as I was expecting or as I would inspect. But once I kind of saw the film and saw how they were stressing us on the edges, 
it's just tough. It's tough when, and this is actually what I expected Baylor to do more of last week, and Baylor didn't get away with it. Yeah. Was really stretch us, and so it's like anytime our guys did get some penetration, there was a cutback lane, and anytime they tried to like hold the line of scrimmage, we actually got displaced a little bit more than I'm used to seeing. Uh, but for the most part, we always had guys who, for, first of all, their back was making us miss. I mean, it wasn't even a bad tackling day. Right. Bad tackling days happen in space. When a guy is making you miss in that small of space, you just got to give credit yeah. to that guy. I mean, um, but but for the most part, yesterday I thought the defense was was. I mean, they they were sound. They were solid. I mean, the fact that we're only giving up big plays, explosive plays, we're making teams drive it, and they're not successfully being able to do that without finding an explosive play in there. Um, that that was still a really good team. We we uh, we held to fourteen points. Yeah, talk about playing the option a little bit because I'm not sure how much Texas is going to see it, right? Uh, I'm not sure who can pull it off or who can really scheme for it. But you kind of had a feeling Texas might get hit on it a couple of times early because they just haven't faced it. And I don't care how much you practice for it. It's different when you're in there and, and you're a linebacker and you're making that decision, right? So to kind of talk about that, talk about playing the option and what did Texas then do to snuff that out? So I, I do think Jalen Daniels – is just a different guy yes. for the option. But for me, I think he's, he's he's more – he may be easier to defend in the option for different reasons. He's a shiftier back who may look – quarterback, but may look for more cutbacks and may be a bit more patient. Yeah. Jason, like, he's fast. He's fast, fast. He got, so to, he got to the edge so fast, it forces decisions faster. Yeah. It forces people to act faster, and you have to be in position to make your play. And so, one – we don't see the option often, but two, having to make a decision faster, they had an advantage there with the option yesterday that I think they wouldn't have had uh, with, with, as much so with, with Daniels. Um, and I thought we responded well, uh, not just on how we pursued the ball, but even after we gave up some plays, we bounced back up. And this is the cool thing about being there. You see the guys hop up on the sideline. You see them rotate in and out. You see them get back lined up and get back dialed into making plays. And yeah, I, I, I appreciate the resilience we had during the times where they got those pops. There was never a moment where I felt like the momentum just took over and they just spilled over into the end zone on us. And that's what you don't like to see. Well, secondary-wise, I think we're at the point this season where we know where teams are going to attack Texas, right? They're going to yep. attack the safeties and pass coverage. I, I mean, I, I think we're pretty much at that point. Everybody knows it that's in the stands watching games. Um, how would you grade secondary yesterday, kind of what – uh, do you see how teams are attacking Texas? Do you, and get our first thought of Texas OU? How do you think Oklahoma will attack Texas? Before we get into your thoughts on playing in that game, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, teams have to attack somewhere. Yes, they can't attack our defensive line. Um, our, our corners are solid in coverage. Um, there's only so many plays where they're, they're going to have the time to be able to attack our safeties. They have to scheme these things up. So. People need to understand it doesn't mean our safeties aren't good. It just means amongst the group of amongst the 11, they got to find their matchups and a deep ball matchup on a route that schemed across the go across the field. The percentage of that play being able to dial it up without having any resistance and throw the perfect pass. I'd like to think um, we're going to see those again, but completing those passes while they're going to happen again, um, we just we have to understand that's just where we're going to get tacked unless we show we have a weakness somewhere else. Um, but I'm not if that's where OU thinks they can win a game against us. 
I'm fine with that because exactly. they can't win a game leaning on that. Just like you can't win a game running the option an entire game. You can gain yards on it. You make crack a big play, but every down is played still. The trenches, executing your routine plays, finding edges consistently from start to finish. And I believe our defense from start to finish makes adjustments, has a great base time, baseline talent, and will from just a baseline level continue to put pressure on you. One weakness in a defense on certain types of plays will not be enough to beat this defense consistently. It's a great point. Great point, Drew. All right, so you've played Texas OU. You've played in it. One, what does this week mean to you? Are you already feeling it as a former player? It's hate week. Talk about the one thing there will be so, thousands of uh, fans in the stands, but very few have actually got to play in that game. Talk about playing in that game this whole week for you. You know what's funny is I didn't really learn to love, love this game. And hate, hate OU until I was a fan. Yeah. Um, as a player, you know 50% of their roster. There's guys you know. It's 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 not camaraderie. Uh, you understand what you represent, and you want to go out and beat them just like anything else. The environment in of itself pulls that out of you and makes you want to go and play. But it's it's knowing what it means to everybody to win this game and knowing it and, and having that responsibility and basking in that environment and enjoying the responsibility of what it means to win that game. Um, this is another game. Like I, I hopefully we get a chance to play them twice and beat them twice this year. Uh, we want as many chances to play these. If we got the chance to play OU 11 games a year, I would sign up for it. I want to beat <laughs> them as much as often, as much as possible. And this Saturday is no different. Um, it seems like this is always a thing where they come into this game on a bit of a they feel good about themselves. And that's kind of right where we want them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this this year is no different. And so I, I really feel good about what our guys get to prepare for. Uh, this is a responsibility as a team and as a player and as a coach uh, to 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 make this game mean something. It's a responsibility to play and go out and and take ownership of of executing in this game. This game really means something, not just to us. There's a reason ESPN game day is coming in. There's a reason this game is featured the way it is every year. Uh, it matters. It usually has always mattered in the Big 12, but I think moving forward, it's going to matter more uh, to to the national landscape uh, as, as we transition. So uh, I'm excited for this one moving forward. That's a great point, Drew. I do think it's going to mean more now. I mean, in the SEC, the way this game – is going to be built up. Uh, I totally agree with that. All right, so final thing here. Um, and by the way, I want to remind everybody, we have Longhorn live stream tonight, sun, Sunday night at 7 p.m. That'll be Bobby Burton, myself, Rod Babers at 7 p.m. Uh, we also have a special promo right now uh, for those of you that uh, join in this YouTube channel, subscribe to this YouTube channel uh, with Inside Texas. It's a promo code is OTFIT23, $1 for two months. Must select monthly offer only. We've had, oh, I don't know, well over 300 uh, people take advantage of this in the last uh, few weeks. So uh, go ahead and join in. Give Inside Texas a try. Um, all right. And I'm doing this in my bird dogs, uh, shirts and shorts now. Drew, I love them. Um, my final thing for you. Is this team about where you thought it would be? I, I know you were a little, you know, I was sitting there at 10 and 2. Bobby, we were all sitting 10 and 2. I think you were a little, you were a little, you were stepping out there a little bit more. Where's this team at 
compared to where you thought they would be? And kind of what are your thoughts in general going into the OU game? I think we, at the end of the day, we all knew um, Bama would be our, 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 our litmus test. Like, yeah. who are we and where are we? And I felt really strong about that game. But even though I know it's completely reasonable and to logistically, Roger's like, hey, at some point, we're going to have an off week where things are going to work, don't go right or something's going to happen where we're going to lose a game. But for me, uh, this kind of goes back for me being like, I live through these players. I live through their experience. The, the preparation for each game, you want to win every game. And when you have a chance to, when you have the time, when you have the squad to do it, you have the team to do it, you have the connection to do it, you got it. That's enough to dial in every week to go do it. And I felt that from this team coming into this season. But now that I've seen this team put it together, win in different ways, we have our run game going. That was a big question mark. We cannot forget the run game, the interior offensive line, and the run game were two things we were not sure about. Yes, we knew. We needed Quinn to step up, um, and the season would go with him. We have Quinn playing at a consistent clip. I think there's more we can get out of him, but he's playing really well for us right now. But the low line and the run game have really given this team a different level right now. And so with those two being where they are, I really feel good about my not just a prediction, not just a wish or desire, but truly we have the talent and the depth to win every game this season. That is rare. I was able to do that. I lost seven games in college. One of those seasons, we went 12 and one, another season, sorry, 11 and one, other season was, um, went, went undefeated, undefeated. To be able to have the opportunity to do that, this team does. Uh, we can't guarantee we're going to have that opportunity next year. There's no reason this team shouldn't be dialed in every week to go out and execute uh, with the baseline talent we knew we had coming into this season but also with some of the new things we've discovered that have validated that we really can make this happen. So I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> Jerry. I'm, I really am. I am too. All right, Texas fans. That is Drew Kelson and his buddy Batman in the background there. Batman made an appearance today on On Texas Football as well. <laughs> but thank you very much, Drew, for joining in, man. It's always great to hear uh, your thoughts. Well, one, you did it. And two, you have great thoughts. So thank you very much for joining us. And I look forward to talking to you again this week, man, when we dive into this game a little bit. And uh, one of the things I want to get to in the future, assuming Texas goes in and wins this game, is when do players start feeling the pressure? Uh, the more games you win, when do you start feeling the pressure? So we'll talk about that. Hopefully that's a discussion for later on in the season. But thank you very much, Drew, for joining us on this Sunday. And we'll talk to you this week. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Hook them. Have me too. <laughs> have a good one.